Frankie, come. Come on. Frankie, come. Good boy. Good boy. Sit. Good boy. Down. Down. Good boy. And stay. Stay. Good boy. How about you? Can you sit down and stay for the next half hour? This is Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. Hello there and welcome to the March 2021 edition of Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. I'm Devon from Canada. If you were with us last month, you'll recall that we played part one of a conversation that I had with Michael Goring, who is with Guiding Eyes. Now, he lives in Arizona, but the northernmost part of his region comes up here into Canada, and uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta specifically so Michael knows a lot about the subject that we were discussing, which is traveling safely in winter conditions. During the first part, we addressed the kinds of boots that you might want to get for your dog. And he talked about how to get your dog used to wearing boots before midwinter, when you might want to begin using boots. We also talked about the kinds of jackets that you can get for your guide dog, or any dog, actually. It doesn't matter whether it's a guide hearing or service dog. In part two, we're going to talk about how to keep your dog's ears warm on bitter cold days. And I'm going to suggest to you that you will particularly be interested in what Michael has to say with regard to white canes. He doesn't advocate leaving your cane in the corner. He talks about putting it into your backpack so that you can put it to good use and we spend quite a few minutes talking about that. So without any further ado, here is part two of my conversation with Michael Goring from Guiding Eyes about traveling safely in winter conditions. As far as uh, a dog's ears are concerned, um, is there a danger of those getting frostbitten while a dog is out? Yes, that, that actually, the, the ear tips can, can freeze, um, and that can be a dangerous that your tail tips as well, but mm. it's more common with the ear tips. Um, you want to, if you're particularly, so, so when the dog, when your dog is moving and guiding, um, you've got good, you know, you've got good, uh, you've got good blood flow going, and that generally, you know, the, the, the dog's heart's pumping and sending out warmed blood throughout the body um, and through the extremities. 
I guess it's a good idea to practice mobility skills with your cane every once in a while anyway, isn't it? I, I'm a 
huge advocate of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always, you, you can be, you know, the, the best hand, you know, the, the, when you give that forward command, the, the best you can do for your dog is, is follow your dog well. Um, we, beyond that, we, we always talk of guide dog travel as a team effort. The dog is guiding and you are doing a good job following that dog's lead. Um, there's times, however, your dog gets in a jam and, and particularly, you know, more frequently with a young new guide dog, but, um, you know, a dog will get in a pickle and, and as a team member, as part of that team, uh, when you have a collapsible white cane in your backpack or your purse or on your holster, uh, you're a stronger team member at that point because you have another tool in your toolbox that you can bring to, you can bring to the, the challenge and you can say, you know, uh, you know, look down your dog and say, okay, let me, let me put the handle down here and see what I can figure out. Um, so having good, you know, having, having good cane skills and keeping those cane skills sharp is, is a benefit to you as a, as a guide dog traveler in that way is that you can not all, you know, the burden doesn't fall all on your dog each and every time you run into a challenge. When you have that cane there, you have a plan B. And I've, I've noted through the years that one of the things that for those that, that are, uh, do keep their cane skills up and do keep their cane, a cane on them at all times, um, it takes some stress and pressure off the team. It's kind of like, like you, you know as you're traveling down the street and you hear yourself approaching some construction, let's say, and suddenly you're like, I didn't know there was construction going on on this sidewalk, and the next thing you know, your dog's brought you up to a barricade that's blocking a sidewalk that's usually not blocked. And, you know, for the traveler that doesn't have a white cane on them, that can be a very panicky, I mean, it causes all of us a what-the-heck-now situation. But if you're having that white cane on you, at least you have something to fall back on if your dog gets really flustered by that. Mm -hmm. um, when you, by not having that cane on you, you come into it, and all the pressure, all that work pressure, all the... All of that goes on your dog. All of it's all up to the dog to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Particularly in a situation of a young guide dog, you know. So, so when you have that situation where somebody comes and doesn't have their cane, and they walk into this, you know, come up to this barrier, and and the panic sets, and it's like, okay, you got to get me. You know, you're looking down at your dog and saying, you've got to get us out of this. And the dog's looking back up and say, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this particular situation. Mm -hmm. And so you, then you end up with, with kind of an anxiety, cyclical anxiety, where the dog's feeding off of the handler's anxiety, the ha handler's feeding off of the dog's anxiety, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Um, whereas when you have that cane, you can pull the cane out and kind of figure it out. And, and within you know, winter travel, this comes up, too, because there's times we come in into situations in the winter with, you know, when the snowplow has gone by and they berm up, you know, put a nice berm of, uh, you know, snowy, soupy, sloppy, icy yes. <laughs> up on the down curbs, 
you know, and the dog is, you know, you, you come into your down curb and, and you tell your dog forward and suddenly your dog isn't pulling forward like he normally does and you're, he's pulling you slightly off to your left. It's like, well, why are you doing that today? And that doesn't feel right to me. Um, you know, you can, your cane is longer than your arm. You can pull that cane out and have your dog, you know, and, and build your confidence, confirm, oh, there's a big berm of snow there. Um, so there, there are things that can be, or you can help your dog spot um, plan and getting through some of that stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's just, yeah, I, I'm a huge proponent on keep those great cane skills up, even if you, you know, even if you don't prefer cane travel. Um, some people will go as far as saying they absolutely dislike cane travel, but you know what? It's another tool in the toolbox. Now, what do you suggest in the event that you happen to fall? Um, is it a good idea uh, to use your dog to help you get back on your feet again? Would it hurt the dog? Uh, um, you, yeah, you want to be really careful with that. And the reasoning behind that is that the if you've taken a fall... And it depends on the severity of the fall to some extent, um, but certainly in the six, you know, in the circumstance where you've taken a very quick and hard fall, um, and if you're not sure what the dog's experience was in that fall, did you fall on the dog? Did the dog fall as well? Um, you know, to use your dog as a brace to try to stand up. Um, you could further injure your dog. Uh, you don't know what what your dog suffered in that fall. And you also have to keep in mind in these things that dogs have a much higher pain threshold than do most, most people. And our working dogs, a lot of times, they you know they just don't want to. Sh they don't show pain. Um, so uh, we want to be really careful with that. Um, it's preferable there to there again. You know by Yeah. 
using those as an extra support to prevent that fall. Um, mm-hmm. That's something you can talk to your guide dog schools about as well. Is that that's something that can be done too. We've done that within our specialized training program and, uh, for some of our people that have balance issues. That that can be uh, being a little proactive about it um, using a, a you know preferably hiking pole is what I like to use. But using mm-hmm. that and, and using that as a support um, to help prevent that fall to start with. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, I suppose if you want to be proactive as well, it might be handy to take a, a cell phone along with you in case you injure yourself or you really do need help getting up. Absolutely, yeah. For winter, if you're going out there in winter travel, you want to be just as, you know, any, anybody that would, would be driving, we have our winter survival kit with us. Um, same should be true of, of a winter traveler by guide dog. Um, you know, have things with you that, uh, you know, and that, that can include, um, you know, yak track, things for the bottom bottoms of your shoes to help you with, uh, uh, with uh, traveling on icy surfaces and with traction. Um, you know, we do allow for the, the use of those as well, although we advocate if you are going to have something on the bottom of your shoes, you should should boot, put boots on your dog to protect your dog's feet just in case you step on your dog's foot with yes. these back tracks is something that can be added protection as well. But certainly having, yes, with a cell phone um, is absolutely a, a, you know, be a part of your survival kit uh, and chart, you know, making sure that it's charged up before you head out. Um, and that you're able to to some you know, like get get uh, get help if you need it, and and it's not a you know not to be over the top about it, but you know if you're going out in really treacherous weather and you've got stretches that you're traveling where you know you're not going to encounter a lot of people, um, you know not a bad idea to let somebody know on each end that you know I'm leaving the house now and I should be at this. You know, I should be at the other end by this time, and if you're not, people know too. You know, something you know, something's up. So, um, just good common sense. I mean, those those winter. You know, we we joke about you know the winter weather and, and the inconvenience of it, but it, it can be downright dangerous. I mean, it does. You know, people, uh, unfortunately, every year people people lose their lives to hypothermia and, and extreme situations. So, not. Guide dog handlers, uh, per se, but um, but but cold can kill. So you know we don't want to be aware of that. And make make smart decisions out there. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other winter safety tips that you might like to pass along? Hi, uh, boy. I think we did a pretty good job there covering okay. uh, covering most of it. It's uh, you know good just. Good sense, not take. You know, to me, it's just not not taking risks when we don't have to. Uh, when we're in those extreme climate, you know, in extreme um, cold situations, I mean, you know, we may want to weigh. You know, do we really need to make that run up to the convenience store to pick up a soda? <laughs> you know, those types of things, and, and uh, you know, we finding. You know, everybody wants to keep. You know keep active themselves and keep our guide dogs active, but in, in those extreme temperatures, sometimes it's better to just, uh, you know, maybe a door, door-to-door trip out to a, 
amidst the pandemic, some of the areas in the U.S. and Canada now are opening up a little bit more, and it's the people are getting vaccinated, so it's a little safer to start getting back to. You know, this has just been a really challenging. Uh, you know, this winter, of course, has been really challenging for every everyone with uh, all that's going on. So I'll say. All having to make the best of it, but no, for the most part, I would just yeah, you know, yeah, just you know, I, we we call it common sense, but common sense isn't always common. So. <laughs> Mike, for uh, spending time with us to uh, get us all geared up for uh, for winter. I really appreciate this. It's an absolute pleasure anytime. My absolute pleasure. And there you have it. If you missed the first part of the discussion, you can either go back to the Global Voice Program Gallery which will be www.theglobalvoice.info or I'll give you my podcast site. It is https colon slash slash spotlight on assistance dogs dot PTBO podcasters, PTBO being the abbreviation for Peterborough, where I live, here in Canada, in Ontario. So that's P as in Papa, T as in Tango, B as in Bravo, and O as in Oscar. PTBO podcasters dot CA. So once again, that podcast site is https colon slash slash spotlight on assistance dogs dot ptbo podcasters dot ca. And that will conclude this month's program. I hope that you enjoy it, and I thank you so much for listening. And I do hope that you'll be with us again on the third Friday of uh, April, which happens to fall on the 16th of April. Until then, have a good month, and we'll talk to you very soon. Bye for now. What's your harness on? Thank you.
That's a boy. Get ready to go. All right. All set. On the door hangs the old leather harness I'd worn many times in the past. It's nothing you said, but still somehow I knew that that day just might be our last. Neither one of us could keep it from changing. The unspoken words were quite clear. I wondered who would I be when we part company after well over sixty dog years. I'm your eyes. I'm your eyes. One step at a time is all faith ever buys. Do not fear. Do not fear. I am here. So trust me. I am your eyes. She doesn't seem to need me the same way you needed me then. But it's really okay, 'cause she feeds me each day, and I'm glad to say we've become friends. And I don't really miss the old harness, except sometimes when no one's around. Then I miss your commands, 'cause no one understands that I've lost that one meaning I'd found. I'm your eyes. I'm your eyes. One step at a time is all faith ever buys. Do not fear. I am here. So trust me. I am your eyes. Stoplights and streets, car horns and things I once learned. On buses and taxis, we blended our lives. With every new corner we turned. But I suppose you've got some other dog now. I hope he knows just what to do. I was glad to retire, but I still feel that fire of those years being a guide dog for you. Sometimes now I sit by the window, look down the street far away, and I imagine us walking like in those old times. And deep down, I think I always 
will say, I'm your eyes, I'm your eyes, one step at a time is all faith ever buys, do not fear, do not fear, I am here, oh so trust me, I am your eyes, I'm your eyes, I'm your eyes, one step at a time is all faith ever buys, do not fear, do not fear, I am here, oh so trust me, I am your eyes, oh so trust me, I am your eyes. You are listening to the Global Voice Radio for All.